The Warriors are in free fall. We're answering our first series of mailbag questions, checking on our NBA stock portfolio, and wrapping up with some hot streak shooting slump. Happy Friday, Patrick. Back in the studio. Happy Friday. I'm glad to be back. Are you ready to talk about some WWE action from this <laughs> week? Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green just going at it? Yeah, so Stephen Curry is going to miss the next few games. So Draymond Green, you know, in accordance, is trying to miss the next few games as well. Of course. Why would you want to be where your boo isn't? <laughs> um, yeah, so the Warriors are 6-7. and seven. This is a team that got off to a pretty hot start. Um, they have a 0.4 net rating. Um, so they're basically kind of a 500 team. They've kind of been in free fall. This is a team that some people had as contenders going into the season. Some people, yours truly, did not think were a contender going into this season. Um, what are you seeing early on from the Warriors in this slump? Yeah, I mean, five straight losses. That's super rough. And I mean, if I'm a Warriors fan right now, first off, I just have to get off my chest that I'm pissed at Draymond Green. How do you go into such a big game against the Timberwolves? You know, it's not like Steph got injured during that game. You know Steph, literally the most important player on your team, is going to be out for the next, we don't even know, three, four. We've had some mixed messages. And then literally before a ball hits the net, you've got Rudy Gobert in a chokehold. Yeah, and I mean, also, Clay too. I don't want to, you know, do the, you know, finger-pointing game, but if you watch it, he's just, like, right when the ball goes up on the previous Timberwolves possession, it's just arms straight at Jaden McDaniels, like, shoving into Jaden McDaniels. Like, it, the Warriors, I don't know, man. They won a championship only two years ago, but, like, it's kind of like that Rudy Gobert tweet, like, insecurity is always loud. Like, it does really kind of... It's loud with this team outside of Steph. It's giving Boomer. It's giving like washed. And I mean, okay, they're on a five game losing streak. They're going to be without Draymond for the next four games. Those games are against, we've got the Thunder again, the Rockets, the Suns and the Spurs, which there's one easy game on, on that schedule. And like really for the, the Warriors greater like, Playoff hopes, I'm not worried. I, th I think this is a play-in team. That, that's what I, I think we've learned so far. But they're just underperforming shooting-wise to such an insane degree. I think if you have Steph, it works. But, like, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is shooting 13% from three. Jonathan Kaminga is shooting 18%. Chris Paul is shooting 26%. Even Klay Thompson is shooting 32. Like, I, these aren't great shooters. Klay, Klay of course, yeah. is a great shooter, but like, they're vastly underperforming yeah. what they should be shooting. So Wiggins has been in the high 30s, three-point percentage every year he's been in Golden State as a full-time warrior. Um, so it is a little concerning, like... To me, I mean, I get to me, like, because the shooting has been so, so bad, that's obviously going to normalize. Like, Clay is definitely going to get up to the high 30s, if not the 40s. He's only had one year below 40% shooting. That was the year he came back from the ACL. Wiggins, we just talked about. Chris Paul, we've kind of seen the three point shot has diminished quite a bit. Kaminga, you know, honestly, Kaminga really hasn't had that huge body of work where we don't really even actually know what his true shooting is going to land at. It wouldn't surprise me if we find out he's a very subpar distance shooter. Um, so the offense is going to have to improve just from normalization of stats. But 
We're 13 games into the season. We are 13 games in the season. And can I tell you what I'm really super concerned about with the Warriors is their points in the paint. Right now, they're averaging 40 points in the paint per game. That is good for dead last in the league in points in the paint, which like obviously coupled with that kind of three-point shooting is I'm surprised that they're six and seven. But not only is that dead last for this year, if they were to sustain that, and they scored 48 points in the paint yesterday, but obviously that's not their normal diet of, of shots with so many people out. If, if they were to sustain that, that 40-ish points a game, that would be the lowest mark since the 2021 Portland Trailblazers. And we all remember what a great squad that was. Yeah, I think with the Warriors, I mean, it's tough, right? Because Curry is still so, so good, right? He's mm-hmm. averaging over 30. He's a dominant presence. He's spacing the floor. He's doing everything. He's he's actually the best paint finisher on their team. And I think it's one of those weird team construction things where it's like, if your 6'3 point guard is the best like interior scorer on the team, that's kind of a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, defensively, I mean, this team is still not like this team isn't bad defensively. They foul a lot. They've always fouled a lot, even during their juggernaut days. Um, so I guess like obviously Curry's out, Draymond's out. Like, do you think this team tops out as a play in team or what do you think the ceiling is? Yeah. Yeah. I think like, obviously they're the Warriors. I'm never going to count them out once they get to the fight. But like, if, if we're looking at, at the standings right now, it's just like, it's going to be a really big uphill battle to break that um, that top six seed. And, like, I, I don't see them falling behind a Clippers or a, a Pelicans. Bo- both situations could happen, but um, I just – I don't think they're going to have the kind of health and they're going to be able to compete in the West on a night-in, night-out basis to where they can be one of those top six seeds that's that's just me and and a big part of that is the performance of their uh their their starting five the the Steph Curry Clay Thompson Andrew Wiggins Draymond Green Kavon Looney lineup oh yeah their starting lineup is a big negative it's been insane it's a a negative 14.4 net rating this is the same lineup that last season of groups with 300 or more minutes was a net rating of 21.9, which like blew out every other team in the league. If they're not like even half as good as that, then like things could happen to where they're not in the plan. Yeah. And I mean, I think the real problem with this team, obviously we've touched on the shooting. You don't want to dumb down like, why is this team bad? Well, they're shooting bad. Like obviously shooting bad comes with like bad shot selection. Maybe you're not getting as many contests, but that's kind of the product of running this high motion offense when these guys get older, right? You know, even small things like your movement across the baseline, it's a little slower than it used to be. Maybe the screens that are being set aren't quite as strong as they used to be. But I think, Patrick, I had to write this down because I couldn't believe it. This is the Warriors' top five scorers in order of points. Stephen Curry, 30.7. Clay Thompson, 13.8. Jonathan Kaminga, 12.3. Wiggins, 10.5. Saric, 9.4. This team isn't going to win unless they have a second scoring punch. Like when they were the juggernaut Warriors, Clay was averaging 20. Yeah. And I don't think there's a scenario where he gets back to that this season. No. Or any season, for that matter. Yeah, I just... And the thing with Clay, like, it honestly surprises me that his shot was above 40% from three last year. Because, like, man, Clay just has not looked right to me in a long time. He doesn't have that, like, burst that he used to have to where, like, 
he could really punish a closeout if he had to. And it was just like, I feel like getting into that jump shot is just like, just the slightest bit slower, which just changes everything for a guy like that. Yeah, I think the other thing with this Warriors team that I really didn't like, and this is why I did not like them coming into the season, was the size is a problem. Like, Looney is a really good serviceable big. He's big and strong. He's kind of like a perfect fit for this Warriors team. But the problem is you run into a Denver, you run into a Lakers, and all of a sudden they've got Anthony Davis, Jokic, and it's causing so many problems for the Warriors. Because even in that series, right, like where the Lakers beat up the Warriors, Looney still had like 20 rebound games. But it didn't really matter, right? Because outside of those 20 rebounds, Davis is kind of still like owning the paint. He's not really dragging Davis away. You know, it's, he's allowing Davis to become this like rim protector because he's not offering any spacing or, you know, high level offense outside of, you know, putbacks, finishes, easy buckets from Steph. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the playoffs. Do you realize that the Draymond uh, Sabonis stomp? was only 19 Draymond games ago. Yeah. And the- and he, he was thrown out of a different game this season as well. <laughs> so you're telling me in a 20-game stretch, he's had three uh, ejections? Yes. And most of those games were playoff games. That That is that is a staggering stat. Um, it's the simple ones that really get you. But yeah, I mean, like, like this team just feels old right now. Like, I have right down... Points per possession and transition possessions, they're second to last, 0.95 points per possession in every transition opportunity. Like, that's not where you want to be. This this team feels slow. It feels like they're, they're not very assertive. And, like, now that Bob Myers always had the kind of thing that you felt like more often than not the Warriors weren't going to make – those like big midseason changes that we've seen from so many GMs across the league. But I feel like we're kind of getting to a, a point where if, if they want to be that championship contender and build around like still a guy when he's at his best, like what is Steph uh, top? Yeah. I think I still think Steph is a top five player when, when, when he's super right. Like, if, if you're committing to that, which I think you have to at this point, they need to make moves. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the long term, what's nice for the Warriors and what we talked about on our podcast last week was like, Steph looks like he's going to be this type of player for a long time. It looks like he is going to follow that LeBron James aging curve. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess Kaminga maybe is the guy you trade. Yeah. I don't know what team is looking for a Kaminga, but this team needs... I don't know. They need something. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I wrote down CP3 plus Kaminga plus Moody is about $40 million. And with that, like, nut, I think you could get, like, you can get yourself in a, like, Jeremy Grant conversation. You can get yourself in a Pascal Siakam conversation. I was listening to a podcast yesterday that was talking about the, like, possibility of Levine for them, which I hate. Yeah, I mean, I Pascal's kind of interesting. I feel like it is going to be kind of tough, though, giving up Chris Paul because I feel like the Chris Paul bench lineups actually have kind of been the saving grace of this team with how bad the uh, starting lineup's been. Yeah, you could do Wiggins. Yeah, you give up Wiggins, you give up the perimeter guy, the exactly. defender. It's tough. They're they're in a really tough spot. I I think this offseason is going to be really interesting to see like what happens with Clay. I it, see, it's like it's it's yes. shocking to think that he might not be a Warrior, but. If this season kind of, you know, let's say they get back on track, they're kind of, they're not maybe the 
six and one, six and two team, but they're like a you know every ten games they're winning like they go six and four. You know, like they're that kind of a team. They have like a forty four win season. Like I don't know. I don't like that's basically what they were last season. You can't run it back three years in a row if that's what happens. You're getting at what I believe one hundred percent is like you have to trade that Chris Paul roster slot. I think. Unless you trade the clay one, which you should trade. That's like $40 million right there. You can turn that into long-term money. Like the Warriors aren't afraid of spending money, especially when you feel like you have a shot at the championship. And if I think Chris has done a, a lot of great things for them. And they've he's made a lot of those second units really work in a real way. And um, yeah, I mean, I think... I get why they're not going to trade Clay, but I think that that's the move that should happen. Yeah, I think so too. It's all, yeah, I mean, to touch on Draymond too, like, I think Draymond is still giving them so much defensively, but if he is putting himself in a position where, like, we enter the playoffs and he's at that, like, 15 technical fouls, and it's like, oh man, he's getting suspended every other playoff game because he's got 17, now 19, now 21 technical fouls. Like, if he can't keep his cool, it is going to hurt them. And I know for a lot of basketball players, like, you have to let them play with their passion. And obviously, you can't take away what they've done. They've won so many championships. But, like, I feel like Draymond's composure was better then than it has been now. I mean, that we're going backwards, but, like, that Minnesota situation was absolutely like audacious and like unreasonable. Yeah, I'm glad that Kerr said like Draymond, like he kind of Kerr kind of stepped back his comments and said like Draymond should never resort to violence because he was like, well, Gobert choked Clay first. It's like that never happened, one. And two, if you actually watch the video, the moment Gobert just is like within the vicinity, <laughs> Draymond's beelining it for him. He wanted to go at the guy regardless of what Gobert was going to do there. Oh, he absolutely wanted the smoke. And <laughs> like not only like – what do you think they're going to do in these next best case scenario in these next four games? It's like two and two, right? Realistically. I, yeah. I mean, the one edge they do have, and you saw it in that Minnesota game that they did lose the whole Draymond game is they still, they, they run such a unique offense, right? Like most nights guys are preparing for that spread pick and roll. And then you play the Warriors and it's like, there's a million off ball screens and guys are running baseline to baseline. And there's so much movement and chaos and it does throw teams off. Like, they're so different than the other teams in the NBA that it does always give them an edge. Like they still, they almost won that game. They did almost win that game, but you had the like, our oh, God just got kicked out of that game. We got to do it for them. Yeah. Like, I mean, going I, on. I don't see them winning like the Thunder game. I don't see that. Honestly, I, I know you said the Spurs is the easy game there, but after what we saw Victor do to them in the preseason, I'm kind of curious what Victor looks like in that game too. Terrible <laughs> matchup for them without Draymond. Um, like, like they could realistically go 0-5 in this, and then they also lost that Timberwolves game. Draymond making that decision is like a could be a six-game swing on their overall wins and loss record, which is huge. And I think if he doesn't go in there... Like, they probably both get thrown out of that game, but maybe not. Maybe it's just like, a, oh, like, it was a little intense. I accidentally ripped your jersey. Like, double T's both ways. Let's keep this rolling. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, control yourself, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, 
six I, six <laughs> games. That's a lot. That's a huge swing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think this is kind of how dynasties end a lot of the time, right? They don't end very pretty. They kind of end really ugly. Like Tom Brady's last pass as a Patriot was a pick six. Yeah, <laughs> kinda, yeah. Dynasties tend to end in a very like non beautiful way. Um, I think there's there's a lot of upside though. Like like Dario has been really great for them. He he's like the best kind of like at least offensive proxy to Draymond that I think we've seen on the Warriors. Um, I really do think that Andrew Wiggins can can come back. And if you have Steph right, if you have Draymond right, and you make the right move, like this team we could still be talking about as a championship contender later on. It's just they've really got to do the work and they've got to get a little lucky. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything before we head into mailbags? Um, you want you want to talk about the uh, saving grace for the for the Clippers? <laughs> I, we did so much Clippers discussion earlier this this week, but okay. I just want to let me let me just pull it up. I I sent it to you this morning. Russell Westbrook made a request, I guess, to his um. To his team, to Ty Lu, saying, as the, as the as the vocal leader of the team, he requested to come off the bench to help the first unit establish some continuity. Yeah, I mean, look, I've never been a big Westbrook guy, but like what we talked about earlier in this week is they have been way better in the three-man lineups that is Westbrook in the two stars, and they have been with the Harden in the two stars lineup. I think... I don't know, man. We kind of talked about how Westbrook likely could be the scapegoat like at the midseason if they can't figure this out because they've kind of made their bed with Harden. And I, I, I don't know. I watched this with the Lakers. You know, you come off the bench, you start. If you're closing the games, it's really what matters more. I'm just I'm impressed that it happened so early. That's huge for them because they are in the midst of a six-game losing streak just like their friends in Northern California. And um, I think... If there was a scenario where all of this stuff gets fixed, part of that scenario would be this happening really early. So I'm interested to see it. I'm definitely not convinced they're going to go and like beat the brakes off the Rockets tonight. But who knows? Harden, he loves he loves Houston. Am, am, Patrick, am I crazy? I, I think this team would be better if... If Harden was the one who came off the bench, no, you are crazy. <laughs> you you are you are crazy. They they just need to get ready. James Harden is a he's twelve times better than Russell Westbrook is right now. Okay, but but but, but with Westbrook, he like Westbrook does play really well with Kawhi and Paul, whereas Harden can really elevate the non Kawhi Paul lineups. I think like over the course of 48 minutes, like it benefits you more to have Harden playing with the bench guys than Westbrook doing it. But just because James Harden hasn't elevated them yet in the first five games, like who knows what he was doing this training camp? You know, he was eating 12 trill burgers. (laughs) Like, I don't know what he was doing, but like, James Harden is the better player, and I think with more time, like, these are superstar, superstar players. This doesn't, it's not exactly easy to incorporate these guys together. I think you get James Harden a little bit better spacing, give him some more time. I would want to put my money on the square that has Harden being better in these big minutes than Westbrook. 
obviously like they're like oil and water. They're two very different, um, two different ways that you can go, but that, that's just where I'm, I'm sitting on it. Yeah. I think, I think I know we've had so much Clippers talk this week, but I think like the more I watch them, the more I like about the Westbrook lineups is even though Westbrook isn't an efficient rim finisher statistically, like he just does pressure the rim. And Har- as we talked about, Harden's just become such a below the rim player. Cause George and Leonard, like, they really do like to get into their mid-range bags so, so much. So just having that rim pressure, even if it's not the most efficient, I do think has like a lot of cascading benefits for this team that I think I'm just like, I don't see when Harden's out there. But can't you get like at least some of that from Terrence Mann and then like a little well, bit of I mean, it? the great thing about, well, the bad thing about Terrence Mann is it doesn't matter how good Terrence Mann is. The Clippers are not going to feature him. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, There was, like, playoff games last year where they were like, Ty Lue, why didn't you play Terrence Mann? He's like, oh, I kind of forgot he existed. Like, I don't know, like, why? I don't know why the Clippers insist he has to be on the team if they're not really going to use him, but... Yeah, I mean, hey, we're going to see. I just thought it was something noteworthy that I wanted to bring up. Um, anything else? The Heat looked really good. The Heat, the Heat right now, tied for longest winning streak in the NBA. We've got a six-game winning streak. Heat are looking good. The Haywood Highsmith starting lineup is undefeated. Can I talk to you about the Heat? Just a, a little thing that I wanted to bring up. So last night, of course, there were only two games, and I haven't watched that much Heat this this season. So before the game started, I pulled up their record. I'm like, okay, they're on this big winning streak. Negative after, net rating. At, they have a net, <laughs> negative net rating. Um, they've beat like only kind of bad teams, like Wizards. Lakers are like the best win they have, and like I. I'm not ready to call them a good team yet. I'm sorry, Laker fans. I'm a hater. Uh, Grizzlies, Hawks, Spurs. And so I I was like preparing this like resume to like throw some water on your heat optimism. Because before, like yesterday we talked, you were like, come on, the heat, they're looking good. Like, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. They just, there's, you can't watch them. And not think that, like, they got this. Yeah. I, the sneaky thing with the Heat is, like, the worse the net rating is, the closer the wins, the more confident. <laughs> They're the one NBA team that breaks all logic. We talked about this in our Pretenders versus Contenders. Like, you look at them on paper and you go, this isn't a contender. But then you look at the last four years and they have the most wins Playoff wins in the entire league. Absolutely. <laughs> they're 10th in defensive rating, which is like what I really care about with them. They're 21st in offensive rating, which is like, woof. But like, they barely had Caleb Martin. Tyler Hero has barely played for them, which is like... And he was pretty... He was freaking awesome. good when he was playing. Yeah. It, Bam, I, you know, the secret sauce, of this, Bam's offense has taken a leap. Yeah, he was super forceful. Yeah. I feel like in that like NBA final series, Bam unlocked this like version of himself where obviously Jokic is a bit more like plodding and slow footed than a lot of centers, where he was kind of like, wait a second, even though I'm a little bit shorter, I can kind of like blow by other centers and I have a nice mid range game when I like get momentum and like kind of speed going. Yeah, and, and, and he, he can start, body most yeah, centers. Once like, he stopped he's playing huge. like as stationary as he kind of did in the regular season, he like a lot more movement into his game. I feel like his offense has taken like a, a step up. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Bams. Um, oh, yeah, actually, one last thing on the Heat before we yeah, get hey, to the Yeah, hey, hey, we, we can talk about I saw, like, Sportsbooks put out their Defensive Player of the Year odds. Like, Wembenyama, I think, was, like, what, second? That's crazy. Um, that, that's, like, Laker money. They, like, always goose am, up. Am like, I crazy? I think Bam Adebayo should be the, the favorite. Um, I mean, we both 
picked him preseason, <laughs> so like I'm not gonna tell you I, no. I, like, I, yeah, just watch Heat games. I think he's if he may if he's not the top defender in the NBA, he's definitely a top three defensive player. Just the way he impacts the game, the switchability, the rim protection, despite the size, is just it's impressive. Yeah, and and now they're a game and a half back of the Celtics for first in the East. The East is gonna be a dogfight, man. Like. The Celtics are really good. The Sixers are really good. The Heat are really good. I'm ready to say the Pacers are really good. Like, and the Bucks are coming back. And, and the, the Bucks, Bucks, the Bucks will back. round into form. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But that's five teams right there that are like, whoo, like they're gonna win some regular season games. Yeah, I don't know if, if I feel about the Pacers belonging with the other four in the playoffs, but regular season wise, hundred yeah, percent. I'm yeah. with you. We'll we'll see. But uh, just the way they play in the regular season. Like, they've got, like, a 122 <laughs> offensive rate. Yeah, right Halliburton's now. on one of those, like, I've scored 60 straight points, 30 assists with no turnover oh streaks. Did you see that scoop layup that he had? Oh, my God. That guy is one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah. It, he might be my favorite non-Suns player in the league right now. He just, he really plays like Magic Johnson. <laughs> like, he's not Magic Johnson, but, like, just the swagger he has, the way he runs the floor and dishes out assists is just, oh, uh, that's that's a Suns kind of player. And we could have had him and we drafted his teammate Jalen Smith instead. Let's get uh, to the mailbag. Let's let's get to the mailbag. And uh, our first mailbag question is a Warriors question, actually. Okay. But perfect. it's not this year's Warriors. Do you think the Warriors 70? Oh, sorry. This is from Gamps 2.0. There we go. Jeremy, what's up, man? Uh. Hey, he could be a James. He could be a... No, I, I, know, I know Jeremy. Oh, you... Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do you think the Warriors' 73-9 and nine record will ever be topped? Mm, I'm gonna say no. I'm also gonna say no. Because the, the league has just changed so much. If you asked me before that happened, I also would have said no. Because, first of all, it's just an astronomical sum of wins. Yeah. I mean, it's... Only done once. <laughs> it's only done. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think one thing we talked about earlier was like the way the NBA has kind of evolved into this like much more diversity of styles. When the Warriors were doing that, they really were like pioneering this like spread, three point shooting. And this was an era of NBA basketball where there was not a single all star quality center in the league. Like DeAndre Jordan was all NBA first team. Um, Patrick, do you remember like the 16-17 season when Hassan Whiteside's injury swayed the entire Eastern Conference playoffs? Yes, yes, this I do. This is a very different of NBA basketball where the league is completely devoid of center talent, just all together. Um, and you have a point guard and a shooting guard who are just literally in a different tier of shooting. There's a lot of guys who are movement 40% three-point shooters now. The league is a lot more balanced. I think that's another kind of tagging back to this year's Warriors is like the edge they used to have was this crazy movement shooting edge that almost every team has a really good movement shooter now. Like, I don't know. I don't see unless there's some kind of crazy new revolution in the game that's just unstoppable. Like, I don't know, yeah. maybe Victor Wimbanyama gets Michael Jordan's mid-range and all of a sudden... <laughs> it would have to be something like like the Thunder, like over the next two years, like keep all their picks and just like hit like it out of the park and draft like an absolute superstar. Yeah, I almost feel like the only condition that would allow this to happen, it's hard because we don't know what the league looks like in 10 years, right? Because this this can happen, right? There, there could be a theoretical world that after this Chet Wemby draft, we go another 20 years without a quality big. Like, 
But even, probably not. Even so, the the real reason why this is not going to happen is because we talked about it two weeks ago. All of the best players are playing longer, and all of the young players are playing better sooner. Th- there is just like. I don't see a point in the NBA unless like basketball just falls off in popularity that there is like that low like baseline of talent to where a team could win that many games. No, yeah, I agree. Um I think that's a nice segue into our next question. Um I don't know, I don't know, maybe this is an anonymous thing on Instagram. User 1303522. What do you think about Cam Thomas? Is he the real deal? And the reason I think this is an interesting segue to the last question is like Cam Thomas is a guy who can single-handedly win you a game. But going to the question, what do we think about Cam Thomas? So right now, Cam Thomas, Patrick, is averaging 26.9, 3.8 rebounds, and 2.1 assists. So I, I had to look this up. In 18 times in NBA history, a player has averaged over 26 points and 2.1 assists or less. Um Cam Thomas is the only guard. <laughs> there's some good crazy. players on this list. There's an Anthony Davis season in there. There's a Dirk Nowitzki season in there. Um, but those are go-to scoring bigs. That Davis season was one of his New Orleans seasons when, like, Drew's just feeding him. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Cam's a bucket. I I personally am – I tend to really hate players with this archetype, which is, like, the shoot-first guard who just never passes. I don't really like players like that. It's not like this Brooklyn team is devoid of scoring talent either. Yeah, I mean, you heard me just send my love letter to Tyrese Halliburton. I am from the Church of Steve Nash. Like, not exactly my kind of player either. But, I mean, like, he's uh, not every player can do what he's done in the opportunities that he's had. My questions are, like, his positional size are, are, is really not there. He is 6'4". So, and, like, he didn't get real minutes in the playoffs last year. I would be a little bit, bit worried about him in a playoff setting, being able to be like a real plus, uh, a, a even like an equal player defensively. And like, how much does that affect his offense? Yeah, I think the three numbers with him that I wrote down, 32% usage rate, which is like superstar level usage rate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. But positive numbers, f- almost six free throw attempts a game. So he is getting to the line. He is putting some pressure on the rim. That's a good sign, especially for a smaller guard who is shooting this much. Um, 55% true shooting. It's like, it's all right. Yeah. Um, so I think the good thing for Cam Thomas is he is young. He is 100% a chucker, but he's not like he's this crazy inefficient chucker. No, he's pretty efficient. And I mean, you just look at like, this is the same thing with all these guys. It's like, how would you feel if like, 2018 James Harden didn't pass the ball about James Harden. Like, not that great. How would you feel if Luka never passed the ball? Like, those aren't guys that you can build a real winning team around. Is If the question is, like, is Cam Thomas a good player? Is he an NBA player? Yes. Definitively, yes. But, like, is he the number three on a championship team? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where he is still so young. And, like, obviously, it's it's tough, right? We like to, like, kind of judge these guys by, like, year three or four. Mm-hmm. But, like, people don't usually peak in the NBA until, like, 26, 27, 28. So, like, he has, like, eight years before he's probably actually going to be at whatever 
you know, finalized version of him he is. Like, hopefully he gets that better at defense. I Personally, I think he's kind of destined for score six man off the bench. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It depends on the construction of the team. That's true. Because if you're Cam Thomas and you can find yourself, at least offensively, in like a Michael Porter Jr. role on like a Denver Nuggets situation, which obviously those don't grow on trees, then it's like, okay, you're a starter and you're on like the best team in the NBA and I can see how it works for you. But um, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen enough of him and most of the time these things don't work out the way we hope. Yeah. You know, actually speaking of one of your favorites, it would be kind of fun to see him with Halliburton. Yeah. I think I think playing with Ben Simmons has been kind of fun for him. Simmons is kind of weird. Like a lot of Nets fans are kind of like really happy with what they've seen from him, but there is still the like the team's offense is worse when Simmons is on the court. Um yeah. he he's kind of he would be like in that Benedict Matherin role of just like a guy who can probably fill it up a little bit better, but you're a lot more worried about on defense, which boy is not what the Pacers need right now. <laughs> um JTools28 asks, starting five of players under the age of 23. So I took only 22-year-olds and below. So Tyrese Maxey, for example, is 23. He's not eligible. Gotcha. So I wrote down a list of guys that I think are 22 years and old, younger, that I think are candidates for this uh, starting five. We have Cade Cunningham, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Paulo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddey, Victor Wenbanyama, and Jabari Smith Jr. Okay, well, I might be forgetting Jalen Green. I, I kind of hastily looked through this list. I don't know if Jalen Green is 22 or under, but that is basically the preliminary list. I might be forgetting anybody. You think I'm forgetting anybody? Yeah. Pretty sounds, good? Sounds like, the, sounds like the group. Well, right off the top, we got to put Ant, right? Yes, Ant's he's, on the team. He's like a lock. For me, Scotty is like close to a lock. So I actually, I actually picked my five already, and I had both of those guys on it. Okay, cool. You want to hear my five? Yeah, yeah. Give me your five. Um... So I had those two. I had Chet. Chet, yeah. And I had Victor. Okay, um, yeah. I like the Magic guys. I like Paulo. I like Franz. I just think the opportunity to pair Chet and Victor on a starting five with <laughs> Scotty Barnes and Ant is just like a have fun trying to score on us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you would never be able to score on them. Also, like, they would score 160 points a game. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that's the other thing with Paulo. I was like, ah, you know, I really like Paulo and his rim pressure, but the shooting just leaves so much to be desired. And, you know, I've got, you know, I'm running double bigs. Um I might have some shooting issues, even if they're both decent shooters in their own Scotty right. Scotty Barnes is kind of a big, too. Um, so who's our point guard? So initially I broke Cade, but after I went through my stock portfolio, I don't know. Cade is a weird player, man. Like, he's he fills up the stat sheet. When I watch Pistons games, I still feel like I'm, like, missing that athletic punch that mm-hmm. I really want from a lead guard. Like, you know he what I mean? He doesn't really shoot it the way that he did yeah, at Oklahoma State. he's not that great State. of a three-point shooter at the NBA level yet. Um... Yeah, I, I've st- I still have, like, hope for Cade. I'm not like, this guy's a bust. But he's definitely been a little bit disappointing this year, especially after all the Team USA smoke. Yeah, well, yeah, I will say, team situation for Cade is awful. Spacing, terrible. He's in a very, very bad situation. But having said all that, I still like him more than LaMelo Ball. Um, LaMelo? I don't, I don't. Really? So the thing with LaMelo, this is kind of the thing I, I don't like. Guards, I don't like... I've always kind of believed the hallmark of any great scorer is like it starts at the rim. You have to be able to put rim pressure, then you work your way out as a shooter, right? Steph Curry, it's not just that he's an amazing three-point shooter. He's an amazing rim finisher. LaMelo Ball sucks at the rim. He's having his like best season at the rim. He's shooting like 55%. 
Like, that's pretty bad. I hear you that he's, like, not the rim finisher that profiles as, like, an NBA superstar. But I think his on-ball creation is special. That's always been my favorite part of LaMelo's game. And, like, I mean, we were talking about Cade's situation. Like, who has a weirder situation than um, LaMelo Ball? LaMelo's is weirder. (laughs) <laughs> Lamelo's like on like kind of like a weird, much stranger track with Kai Jones, Miles Bridges. Even like, going back to last year with like this, they were gonna hire who were the, they were gonna hire Kenny Atkinson, and then Kenny Atkinson's like, I'm taking the job. Actually, nope, I'm not gonna take the job. I mean, the Hornets are like Steve six. Clifford. Or, <laughs> they're like six or south, yeah, to a degree. Um, but I don't know. I think Cade just he's a bigger. They're, they're both tall, but Cade's a bit more like thick, physical. I just feel. I don't know. I just, I, I guess me, I like Cade a little bit more. I think even though LaMelo's situation is weirder, I do think he's playing with much better players around him. But I'm insulating LaMelo with amazing defense of <laughs> Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren. And I just feel like I, I want a guy that's really going to push the ball in transition. And I, I, of course, Cade can do that, but LaMelo's going to do that in a super real way. And, like, just imagine the alley-oops between him and Victor. You are selling me. You are selling me. I got, You know, we could... Uh, yeah, I mean, we could... Uh, you're, you're selling me. I think... All right. You know what? Let's do it. Let's go LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Scotty Barnes, Chet Holmgren, and Victor Wembanyama. There we go. I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty good team. I think they do well. That is a pretty good team. Let us know what your guys' starting fives, 22 and under, would be. All right. Patrick, it's time for the NBA Island. So once a month, Patrick and I are going to update our NBA stock portfolios. NBA players, were buying and trading them like a stock. Mm-hmm. Their stock price is their PER. Um, Patrick, so my portfolio is worth $501. There we <laughs> our go. initial budget was $500. I have made a single dollar. <laughs> we're in the green, baby. There we go. Are you also in the green? I am also in the green. My... Um, uh, we are a, a bit more in the green. Um, $576. Whoa. Yes, and 10 cents. Um, we're, feeling, we're feeling really good. Um, if you didn't watch our, our last episode, we took ve- two very different like approaches to this. I very much spread out who I was investing in. I invested in eight different guys. Um, right now, five of them are in the green. One of them is just like a complete net neutral. And then I've got two guys in the red. So I did four players, two green, two red. Uh, I'll go through mine first. So I had four players. I had Jabari Smith Jr. I had Trey Young, Cade Cunningham, and Tyrese Maxey. I also had Jabari Smith Jr. So we're in the green on Jabari Smith Jr. He had an 11 PER last season. Now he's up to 13.2. So I had 15 shares of him. My other green was Tyrese Maxey. He's at 24.3 PER right now. Um what was he last year? Uh, I think he was about 18 last year. Okay, that's that's quite the that's jump. That's a huge jump. So my other my ones in the red are Trey Young. Trey Young is at an 18.9 PER. Uh, Patrick, are you a Reddit NBA user by chance? I, I no. I, I've always it's, stated it's, in Twitter. We're in the part of the season where Hawks fans and Knicks fans just start posting negative Randall and Trey Young stats at each other at the homepage and just beg the other fan bases to talk about it. Um, Knicks fans hate Trey Young. I kind of hate Trey Young right now too because he takes my portfolio. Uh, Trey Young is playing like trash this season. I'm just gonna say it. Kate Cunningham, a guy I thought was playing a lot better until I looked at my stocks. He's a 10 PER right now. Um, yeah, that's awful. So here's my moves. I'm doubling down on Cade and Trey. There we go. They cannot be this bad going forward. And again, kind of like those Warriors we talked about, 
13 game sample size shooting should normalize at this part mm-hmm. but they're shooting so poorly especially trey it's got to tick up Cade, i don't know if i'll recoup on Cade because he wasn't that great of a three-point shooter his first two seasons but it's a bad spacing situation so i am selling my maxi and jabari smith stock so i'm selling 15 shares of jabari smith cashing out i don't think he's going to go much higher than 13.2 uh, I'm cashing out on Tyrese Maxey. I don't think he's going to go too much higher than 24.3. I'm doubling down on Trey Young. So I'm buying seven shares of Trey Young. That's 132 bucks. And now that we can get rookies, I'm buying 10 shares of Victor. Uh, he's at a 15.6 PER. There so we go. I'm finishing with 12 shares of Trey Young, 11 shares of Cade Cunningham, and 10 shares of Victor Wembanyama. A very aggressive movement in your portfolio. I, I absolutely love to see it. I'm going to be a little bit more conservative because I'm pretty happy with how things have went. Um, so my guys in the green, I had six shares of Scotty Barnes. Scotty had a huge jump from 15.5 to 22.3. Oh, he killed me on that he one. He has had an awesome start to his year. Um, Obi Toppin is another big win. One of my pacers going from 13.6 to 16.2, which, which is awesome. Um, we got, we already talked about Jabari, Jabari Smith. My Grant Williams investment has went well, 10.3 to 11.4. Um, I'm pretty happy with him. I think that will probably sustain given his role on the team. And then my last positive one was I had just a couple extra bucks the laying Dylan Brooks. around and I bought one share of Dylan Brooks and he's jumped from well, what is it here? 9.4 to 13.4. <laughs> Let's go. So I am holding on to all my guys in the green. I'm feeling good about them. I'm, I'm bucking all of the traditional rules of investment. Um, my guy that's held even is Keegan Murray at 12.3. Um, I'm high on this dude. I, I really think this guy can play. I I don't know how much of the Kings you've watched recently, but they're just a good team, and they're going to win games in the regular season. Deer and Fox. Deer and Fox has stolen the tip-off pass that Sabonis has lost two games in a row and he, scored on it, and got an and one against the Lakers on it. He's a dude. Levine. Should they trade for Levine? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay. My two guys in the red. I have three stocks of Josh Akogi. Josh Akogi was 13.3. He has fallen to um, 12.8. So it's it's not a huge drop. And the real reason that I invested in Josh Akogi is one, because he's on my sons. And two, because I thought the real, like where he's going to gain the most value is playing next to the big three, really just like, hitting the boards super hard. We saw it in game one against the Warriors. He was like a huge swing guy getting like super wide open threes. He hasn't had the opportunity to play in that role because the Suns have been such a disaster. So I'm feeling okay. But the one guy that I am just jumping off so quick, I really wanted to love you, but it really didn't work out. Jeremy Sohan. I got four shares of Jeremy Sohan at 11.4. He's dropped to 10.6, which is not a huge drop, but I was surprised that it wasn't further than that. I We've talked a little bit about how Pop has been utilizing him as the point guard, and I understand why they're doing that because the idea of him as a point guard, a super big ball handling, like awesome on defense, dude, great at hitting the boards, like... 
it's a good idea. I don't see it with Sohan, man. I, I'm just going to say it. I, I think he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just, I've watched a lot of Spurs. He's not good. Yeah. So he's been awful this year. And, <laughs> yeah. and I don't see him getting better in this role, personally. Yeah. So I am going to sell all four of my shares, all $42.40 of Jeremy Sohan. And I'm going to, this has been the theme of today. I am going to invest all of that money into seven shares of Andrew Wiggins. Oh, that's a good call. Maple Jordan, you have been awful this year. <laughs> I, I have a soft spot in my heart for, for Maple Jordan. He's really like Andrew Wiggins, like the hype that he had coming in the NBA was like such a big like part of like I was like, whoa, this guy's gonna be LeBron? No way. And this guy, Jabari, um, what's his? Jabari. I already forgot his last name. Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker's going to be amazing too. No way. Like this is such an exciting draft class. Really got me super in to like draft classes in high school. This was right when the sun started being really bad. And so I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Andrew Wiggins. He has played awful. He's never had a lower PR, like even close to the 6.1 that he has right now. So I am investing all of my Jeremy Sohan stock into Andrew Wiggins. You got this, dude. I believe in you. Dylan Brooks treated me well. So, like, hail to Canada. Here we go. Maple Jordan. Like, th- this, is, this is the pivot. All right. I, I love it. So, Patrick, right now you are beating me by $75. Uh, we will see at the end of the season who has more, who has a better portfolio. We will see. All right, time for some hot streak shooting slump. Let's let's do it. Hot streak shooting slump. What was your week? You, you know, you know what my week was. It was a shooting slump once again. I thought I was out of the woods last week, and then, as you guys all know, I got COVID, tested negative today, which I was super happy about. But I was literally just at home, being miserable all week. Um, kind of sucked. How was how was your week? The one good thing I will shout out. Devin Armani Booker was back. This guy looks like the best guard in the NBA. He has scored 30 points in every single game that he has played. Um, I'm going to say I had a hot streak. Nice. Um, you know, it's a pretty good week. A lot of good basketball. I, I kind of, it was a weird week. I've been like alone all week. Okay. Uh, just alone in my house working. But you know what? I've been gaming. Fortnite, OG. There I, I we finally got back on it. I How mean, did the stream go? It was fun. I, I, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It, I, I got pretty nostalgic. I was like, damn, I feel like I'm back in like 2018 when I would just play games, edit videos about the games I was playing. It's pretty. Pretty nostalgic. Things were so much more simple. Yeah. Um, Giants, uh, you know, always got to talk about my Giants a little bit on the hot streak shooting slump. We still suck. Um, we're barreling toward the number one pick. Patrick, huge game in my life. Uh, pa- Patriots, Giants. Oh, yes. This it's is the, the Caleb Williams Bowl. Obviously, the Panthers the have the worst record. Yes, this is the toilet bowl. Giants, I need you to lose. I know we we tend to beat the Patriots. It's the, the one team. Them and the Commanders, we kind of own them. Um, I need you to lose. Loser please. gets Caleb Williams. And I think what is so good is I don't think Belichick likes the, the notion of tanking. Mm-mm. No, he's so. going to go hard for it. And he I, remembers. I, he remembers. He yeah. remembers those Super Bowls. I, I need us. I need us to lose this game. Um, I, hey, I'm cheering for you, man. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> hey, as far as the Cardinals are going, I'm pretty happy. Kyler looked like Kyler. So yeah. I don't know what that means. 
But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm happy for the Cardinals. Hey, you know, little NFL tangent. This upcoming Monday, I think we have Chiefs Eagles. So yes. don't be surprised if on the Tuesday pod there's a little uh, Chiefs Eagles. Whatever, if especially the Chiefs win, I'll be happy. Yes, I'm gonna have to lock into that, and and then we're just like, I'm also I'm still loving the in season tournament. We're like just getting to the point where uh, it's like okay, like this team's got to win, this team's got a stranglehold on this. So we'll talk about that all next week, but um, I think we're gonna have a super fun like next two tournament days. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to next week. Max, have you had a hot streak or a shooting slump? I mean, basketball-wise, it was pretty great the first half of the week with the Timberwolves like beating the Warriors back-to-back. Pretty sick. And then the Suns game kind of demoralized me and made me feel terrible about my optimism. Hey, um, hey, you, when Devin Armani Booker is on the floor. It's <laughs> his full name. Um, yeah, and then, but then it turned into a bit of a slump second half of the week. I went to the gym, and I lost my validation ticket, so I had to pay $20 for parking kind of ruined my day yesterday that's the worst <laughs> have you ever been to the um trader joe's like by the grove you know what i'm talking about vaguely i used to live by there every yeah. time i'm there i lose my parking ticket i don't know why it's just something about that place um anyways so so which one was it max was it a hot streak or a shooting slump you got to make a definitive uh, I'm gonna be optimistic and say it was a shooting streak. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. A hot streak. Hot streak. There <laughs> we go. He yeah. did combine the two. Oh, yeah, my bad, my I guess bad. that's a good way to. Hey, it, it's better than me. The first like three weeks we did this segment, I was like, I had a tepid warm water week, which is like the ultimate cop out. I'm on a three week shooting slump. You're on a three week shooting slump. Yeah. I haven't tracked. I, I think uh, I think I'm on like a two week hot streak. I think so. But yeah, they haven't been right. like smoldering. Yeah, it's been yeah, like yeah. the oven is still heating up. It, you're not. It's not like you're Devin Armani Booker, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, you're gonna have. We got to turn off these mics, or I'm gonna start talking about the Suns. Right. Yeah, we did ban the Suns for a couple weeks. So thank you guys for watching the Foul Trouble Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.